This is Digital Marketer. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. I have to say today's episode is probably one of my favorites recently. I got to talk to Lamar Tyler, and if you don't already love and follow him, he's the creator of Traffic, Sales, and Profit. And what he knows intuitively about marketing is beyond real, but what he has learned since growing his business with his wife, Ronnie, is absolutely incredible. In our interview, he takes me through how he and Ronnie grew their business and digs into the super smart challenge strategy he is executing right now. It is so fine-tuned and impressive. The insights will have your head buzzing with ideas. I know you're going to love this one. Here it is. Hello, Lamar. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. I don't think we've ever had someone on that got their start in film and creating movies. Could you talk a little bit about your background and just kind of how this all started? Sure. So uh, the interesting thing is before that, my background totally was not in film. My background was in <laughs> IT and uh, you know I worked a lot of different IT jobs and networking and things like that. But the last corporate position I had, I ran the IT department of a TV station in D.C. And while I was there, my, we kept pitching ideas and I would, you know, take ideas into the management meetings. I was a manager. So, you know, into the management meetings and they were late to the Internet. But when, you know, that station, when they got to the Internet, they started buying up everything and spending a ton of cash. But but most of it wasn't effective. So I kept pitching all these great Internet ideas. and They kept getting shot down. And eventually one day I said, you know what? I'm no longer going to give them my million dollar ideas. I'm going to create my own million dollar business because I know these ideas can work. I know they're big, but they just wouldn't listen. So I go home and speak with my wife, Ronnie. We talk about what's something we can do together. This is 2007. Okay. We had heard about people blogging and heard that you might be able to make money. There wasn't all these like, you know, people you could follow on Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok and all this stuff back then. We had heard about maybe you could make money, but we didn't know anybody that was. But we said, we're going to start a blog. We try to get clarity around what we could niche down into and what we could talk about. And for us, it was marriage. And even deeper than that, it was marriage in the African-American community, how it was viewed externally, how it was viewed internally, and how we felt about each other. We've been married for about two years ourselves then. So we had a blog. We kicked it off, right? There was an instant need for it. So we started building traction with it. As we built traction, we were first monetizing through advertising. And what we quickly learn is when we monetize through advertising, instead of being totally focused on the consumers and what the consumers wanted, we had to spend a lot of that focus on what the advertisers wanted. Hmm. Who were they trying to speak to? What was the message they were trying to convey? And then we also didn't control our own revenue because from month to month, a quarter to quarter, it may be one quarter. All right, we're interested in reaching African-American families and we're coming through you. But then the next quarter, it could be, okay, we want Latino families. Okay, we want an older demographic. We want a younger demographic. And, and we weren't in control of it. So what we learned we had to do was to create our own product or service. And the product that, that somehow we crazily came up with was documentary films that we would uh, show, you know, positive images of marriage in the African-American community. It went right along with our blog. We already were starting to build an actual audience and community around it. And we said, that's what we would do. We launched that first one. Uh, took about uh, 2009 was the release of the first documentary. 
since then, right, we did the first one. We sold out our very first screen in 160 people in a theater in Northwest D.C. Totally shocked us because wow. we thought nobody would come. <laughs> and, and they did, right? It, we shocked us. But I think we had, took us about uh, $5,000 to make that first documentary. And it's, it's tough. Like, we don't even like to go back and look. Like, creators know what I'm talking about. We don't like to go back and look at <laughs> but, but, but $5,000 to make that first doc. You know, we, we uh, made that money back quickly, thank God, because we were using just money from our paychecks and everything to use it. We didn't have funding or financing or anything. We made that money back. We learned a lot of lessons, figured out what we did wrong, figured out the things that went right. We doubled down, bought better equipment, prepared ourselves better, uh, learned how to tell stories better, because that was a big part of it, too, and went out and made a movie the next year. So we made five years in a row, made a movie every year, ended up with two more, so a total of seven documentary films. And in that process, we learned so much, so much, so much about marketing that we still use today. Wow. It's such a like such a different springboard, but it has every piece of like every element that you need, you know, like having the foresight to see like this is going to be huge. The Internet is huge. Like and also I, I think just there is something to be said about everyone has ideas every single day. Everyone has yes. I would say million dollar ideas constantly. And it takes a different special kind of person to say, all right, I'm just going to do it because that is, that's what makes the difference. And you're totally right. What I say is that ideas are the easy part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because like you said, everyone has a great, like how many times for the people listening in, have you thought about or seen something on TV or been in the mall or walking down the street and you say, wow, I thought about that same thing five years ago, 10 years. It happens all the time. What's hard is the actual execution. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think my wife, because even with that first film, like we knew a guy that had made a documentary and he sold us his old camera for us to create. We said we create, you know, web video content because back then people were saying that video was going to be a big thing. Imagine that. So we, we, we bought his old camera. And literally, when we were trying to figure out, okay, I think we could we could make a film. Our audience would be interested in it. But how do we get somebody to do it? Would we pay them? We don't have money to pay them. My wife was the one that said, hey, I trust you. I think you can do it. And I thought she was crazy. But for two weeks after work, I just went out and interviewed couples. I had my lights. I had my tripod. I did a, a, a terrible job. But I had a laptop and some software, some editing software I bought from Best Buy for like 70 bucks. And, you know, at nighttime, I just dumped it down on my computer you know, edited through it and, and, you know, pulled together a story. And we went from that position to by the time we were in probably our third film, we had an audience. By the time we were in our third film, we were doing like seven to 10 city tours every time we dropped the new movie. Wow. And we had to figure out, okay, where do we already have audience? We look at our Google analytics for the website and say, okay, these are our biggest markets where we have readers and we have people that are already consuming our content, people that are engaging with us on social media. We started the blog back then. We were on MySpace. Uh, this new site <laughs> called, don't laugh at me, Jenna. This new site called Facebook was on the horizon. So we, we slowly transitioned from, from MySpace to Facebook, and, but we grew these audiences and, and what we learn and we still operate every brand we, we touch, we use this as the core. What we learn is that when you can build a thriving community of people that are raving fans, it becomes exponentially easier to do anything, to sell anything. And that's what we found out, right? We built that community and we nurtured them every day with our articles, with our content, with, you know, stories that we would tell and, and transparency and honesty, things like that. When we did those seven, 10 city tours, those are the people that showed up. And those are the people that brought other people with them along the way. So we would do a seven, 10 city tour. We would, um, you know, market via social. 
We would find out, you know, who had email lists that we could buy in those cities so that we could get in front of those people. We would run radio back then. There was no Facebook ads back then. So we would run radio ads and try to get into the local market. We didn't have a lot of money. So we'd run like a lot of ads at the very last minute. So hopefully you had seen our emails. You've been on the site and the radio was the last piece that would validate that, hey, this is like a real movie coming to town because they heard it on the radio, right? And then they would actually come out to see us and at the actual screenings, we would sell our products. Now, one of the advantages that we had was that because you couldn't see our movies on HBO or you couldn't see them on cable or, or order via Netflix or whatever, if you love the movie, you had to buy a copy mm. because if you wanted to, to show somebody else or tell somebody about it, the only way you can do it is actually by selling a copy. So as we made more movies, we learned about actually bundling products. We learned about creating supporting products around. And by the time, you know, we were like a few movies in, we were actually doing six figure pre-sales where by then, you know, Facebook is becoming a behemoth. By then, you know, we know a little bit about Facebook advertising because that's out there. And, and we're running, you know, millions, millions of views to our trailers in advance. We're getting people to pre-sign up. When they sign up, we send them to a sales page. The sales page has a limited time offer for scarcity. The sales page has additional products and digital bundles around it that don't increase our actual cost of fulfilling that product. But at the same time, it's making people say, hey, I need to get my hands on it. And like I said, we're then able to sell over $100,000 worth of movies before we make the first purchase from the actual DVD distributor. Wow. It's literally all the like every single piece and all of the the smartest strategies that help a business flourish now. And one thing that really connects with me just as someone who is a person who has ideas is like you did not you did not say, "Hey, I can't wait to make documentaries forever. This is the biggest idea. This is all I'm going to do." And like you know, I think a lot of people who have those ideas and are scared to implement are scared to get stuck and like, well, what if this isn't the best idea? What if I have a better one? Why would I want to put energy behind this? But it's really like you have to be able to implement and do something and practice and learn things along the way. And I mean, you guys were like reading data and like doing so much. And was this all like stuff you just like figured out along the way? Unfortunately, yes. Like later, <laughs> later on, it, it took it took way long. I'm glad you brought it up. It took way longer than it should have because you know four or five years into this, we learned that there was a much shorter process, and that process was getting with people that already had the answers, that already been there. Like you know, buying courses, getting with consultants and coaches, going to events, and, and we started this later on down the path. But in the beginning, yes, we were like learning everything and a lot of trial and error along the way. Yes. Yeah. So. Bring us up to speed on what you do now. Sure. So by doing all of that, building the blog, um, the blog itself, we were doing about a million unique visitors organically every quarter. Uh, you know, had a Facebook page that grew to over half a million people. Like I said, we were doing the movies and, and touring around the country on our own. And people saw us visually growing right in front of their eyes. Mm. So they say, hey, you know, it was like just a husband and wife doing this from home. Now you guys have an office. Now you have like 40 writers. Now you have an editor. Now you're doing conferences and events. And we've done four cruises with our couples. So what happened is they started coming to us and saying, hey, can you teach me how to do the thing that you did online? I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I have e-commerce site. And I know that you guys are selling and making money. So can you teach me how to actually do it? We launched a separate brand called Traffic Sales and Profit in 2015 where we teach entrepreneurs, right, how to uh, drive more traffic, convert more sales, and grow more profit in their businesses. But everything we teach them is rooted in the foundation and fundamentals of what we learned those years of building that first brand and that trial and error. That's huge. And 
in your mind is is community building that like key piece still? It definitely is. Because the first thing we did when I said I want to launch a, a new brand is we created a new community for that brand. And, and, and so many times what we were able to do with the second brand, Traffic Sales and Profit, is catapult way beyond what we did in a much shorter time frame. But the core of it still was like, hey, these people in, in this group, right? And the core of it is a Facebook group called Traffic Sales and Profit. So it's the people in the group. And because we had those people in the group and it's the same thing I said with the marriage brand, we nurture them. We provide education. We provide information. We give them answers to their questions. When we have a conference, the conferences grow and sell out. Our first conference, uh, June of 2016, we had 47 people there. Three years later, June of 2019, our last big conference for the pandemic, we had 600. Wow. And, and the way we're able to grow that is because literally, like I said, we give so much value just for free that when we do an event, people say, well, I have to be at the event. And they make so many connections with other people in the actual digital space. They say, well, I would love to meet this person live. And then when we have the live events, we feed that content back into the group. So so it's a little FOMO that people, you know, say I, I should have been there. And the people that do come, you know, they, they flaunt a little FOMO to everybody else that they feel special right. there. <laughs> but but it's really just growing and continue to do those things. So everything, community is in it. You know, whenever we launch anything, the best results we have in front of people that we're already feeding, the people we're already nurturing and allowing them to grow. And like I said, when we launch an event, whether we launch a program, we launch a challenge, we launch our mastermind, no matter what it is, people are lined up and ready to get in those doors. Talk to me about challenges because I know that in the event space, challenges with the pandemic have just like, taken over. Like this is the way to make people feel like they're a part of a community and to make it feel like there's a real event. So what does it look like when you run a challenge? So for us, challenges serve a few purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, number one, they allow us to to build audience fast, like in a very quick way, where it's not like hey, a few people coming in here, a few people. When we do a challenge, we can move a lot of people into our group, onto our email list all at once. Also with challenges, it allows us to get people in with a low barrier entry, but then to also show and prove. Because the thing I always say is great is that anyone can be on the internet and share the information. The thing that's bad is that anybody can be on the internet and share the information. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think now uh, customers and clients are starting to get confused and little, a little weary because they've bought products that didn't, you know, deliver on, on the uh, right. a transformation that they said they would, right? They've been to events and said, ah, this event is terrible. Nobody here knows what they're talking about. I know more than all the people on the actual stage. And they're looking for more. So in the challenge, what we can do is, is we can show our expertise. We can show what our community is all about. We can give them some type of transformation. And then hopefully at the end of that, we can give them the actual next steps in order to be successful. Yeah, that's so smart. So take us through just like, what does that funnel look like when you're setting up the challenge? Sure. So for us, um, like I said, we were running a challenge. We were doing them quarterly, but then we started actually squeezing them together a little bit tighter uh, to get more people results faster because we're finding now in our groups, like nothing gets results for the people in the group like a challenge because for that week or, or seven days or whatever we do it for, they're more focused on their business than any other time. So inside of our group, uh, we were running seven day challenges. Now we're doing for five just so that we can do more in a shorter amount of time. We'll have people come to a registration page where they register. Of course, we're talking to the pain points, speaking to why they need what we have, speaking to who this challenge is for and what it's going to do for them in this amount of time. Before we actually do the challenge, one of the most important things, and I want to just back up for a second, is that we make sure whatever we're going to offer at the end, right, we start with that so that the challenge leads right up to it. Sometimes I see people make a mistake where they have a challenge, they have an idea to say, I want to teach these things. 
Then once they get all that done, they say, now what am I going to sell? Right. Well, we actually start the other way. We start with the end of mind. What are we selling? And then make sure that everything, every moment, every day builds right up until that point we actually open up the card. So we have them register. Once they register, the next step is we actually make them an offer for something that we call a success kit. And what a success kit is, is a set of digital resources and tools that we'll bundle together. And it's, it's a, a pretty much like um, a passion play. Like as soon as they see it, it's not a big barrier to entry. It's like 17 bucks for um, the success kit. The success kit tools are things that we point to every single day of the challenge as homework. So if I'm teaching about organic traffic and I'm showing you how to do A, B, C, and D, at the end of that day, I'm going to give you some homework around it for you to actually do before the next day. And that homework comes out of the success kit. So the people that want to be more successful in the challenge, they want to get more results, they want to actually do the work and see the payoff, are going to get the success kit. And if they're not willing to invest $17 for the success kit, you know, it's probably not some other conversations need to happen as well. But we get them in a success kit. The success kit for us also helps offset the cost of the Facebook ads that we run. Mm. So a lot of times, depending on how much the ad spend is, you know, it may, um, you know, meet the cost. If it does meet the cost, then what we do is we take the extra funds and revenue that we bring in from the success kit and dump that into more ads so we can get in front of more people and get more people actually registered for the challenges. That's they, genius. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, uh, but I just wanted to, like, even the name of it, it, it says, like, do you want to just do a challenge or do you want to be successful in doing this challenge? And, you know, there's an element like obviously there's people who just want free stuff. They just want to like give something a shot. They're testing you out and they're just going to like, you know, duct tape and like whatever paper clip it together. But this idea of this extra little low barrier product that they can bundle with the challenge itself. That's so smart. Yeah. The thing that's great, too, is as we do more challenges, because everything is about consistency. As we do more challenges, the people from previous challenges are always in the chat of the challenges telling the new people, you got to get the success kit. Like, because they, they've seen it's yeah. like real value that they get. And they can't believe that we give this away for 17 bucks. So they're saying the whole time, I'm asking, hey, has anybody got the success kit? Did anybody love it? Does anybody get extra value by doing the homework for the success kit? Did anybody get the success kit last time and they enjoyed it? So the people that are already you know, part of the community are always raving about the success kit. And then that drives people to go back and get it as well. The, the other thing that's interesting about the success kit, if anybody tries it, is that most of the time, at least 50% of our sales of the success kit actually happen once the challenge is started. Hmm. So I don't want you to stop and give up and say, okay, day one of the challenge, I'm done with all of that. Because we're still running ads into, you know, two or three days into the challenge. And as we're doing that, when I get into those first one or two days and I, I, I teach and they say, okay, he's teaching some real stuff, giving some real value. And at the end, I point to, hey, success kit time. A lot of new people, they think and say, well, hold on. I think I saw that when I was coming through and I didn't pick it up. But now they realize that they needed to. So we're still pushing them back to the success kit every day as we do the homework. And literally 50% or more of the actual sales of that kit come during the actual challenge. Yeah, that makes sense. So what does um, what does that close look like? Um, what for us pushing to the actual uh, success kit? Or yeah, pushing to, um, pushing to once you get to the the end of the challenge. Sure. Well, once we get to the end of the challenge, uh, for us, the primary thing we push to now is actually a ongoing continuity program, a membership site, a portal with different trainers and such in it. And what we've done again, because we started with this in mind, a lot of the things that we teach in those five days lead right up into what's in the actual program, right? And the type of things that can go deeper into the program. So normally what the close looks like 
as you get close towards the end, um, about a day or two out, you know, we start seeding that, hey, this is coming. Hey, if you want more, we have the next step. By then, people are asking us, what do I do after this? And as that community has grown, that program for us is called Propel. There are Propel members telling them, if you think this is something, you have no idea what's behind the gates of Propel. This program, we only open it up at the end of the actual challenges. So, so people are hearing about it. They want to know more about it. And by the time we can get there, they're asking us. So we tell them, hey, it's coming. By the time we get there to the end of it, we actually transition. And um, what we used to do is just push to a actual webinar. that would be a bonus training that would either be like a day or two later or right behind it. Now we've seen more success by moving that training as close to the end of the challenge as possible so that we don't lose attention from the people. In addition to that, the other thing that we start to do, because now consistency is a driving group of people that say, hey, I want in. Like I've already seen enough. I want in. We pretty much, after the last day of the challenge, open up our Propel program at 9 a.m. the next morning. The whole time, we're letting them know. The other thing we do in addition to this, because a lot of other smaller pieces, is that challenge is free until 24 hours after uh, the last day. When does that end? At 9 a.m., the same time that we actually open up the cart for our membership program. So there are always a lot of people that miss a couple days and wait until the end. It's always a lot of people that's trying to binge at the end. The thing that we have to do when we say, hey, those replays are coming down at that time, we have to take them down at that time. And now that's become a big thing in the community where new people say, hey, well, can you leave them up? Can you leave them for extra extra day, 20, 24 hours, 48 hours? And the old people say, listen, Lamar's not going to leave them up. You better do what you need to do, get a hold of them and take advantage of them now. So at that next day, we take those replays down. We open up the cart for the actual membership program. And all of the replays and everything from the challenge and resource we put into the membership program. So if you do want to see the replay, you do want to see access to it. Guess what? You got to actually join the program. Uh, there's so many like finely tuned pieces. How many <laughs> challenges have you done? Because this just seems like, you know, you've got every little piece optimized. Now we are about challenge number seven. Um, and like I said, what it is, what's most important, I always say you need to LAO in your business. Launch, analyze, optimize. So every time we launch it, we analyze, okay, what went right, what went wrong, how can we improve it? Then we optimize those metrics and get better at it the next time around. We were doing them at first every quarter. And then, uh, like I said, we initially doing them, we had people come in, but we didn't have a success kit. So then when we got a success kit, it allows to actually, you know, advertise and get even more ad spend out there because we're making money in the front and looking to just get more people in so we can make more money on the back end. Again, it's a continuity program, so we know that, hey, the customer lifetime of these value these people is more than just this one-time payment, so we know how much we can invest in advertising on the front end. In addition, well, some of the things we had to optimize, first, we didn't have a success kit. We had to get a success kit in. One of the other things is that we didn't have people showing up enough. They registered, but didn't show up, so we had to implement not just email marketing, but also SMS reminders, also uh, messenger bot reminders. So that we're, we're letting them opt in for as many ways as they want to be reminded to get into the room. And we do that. The email reminders, we send out about 15 minutes before we start because we found that normally it takes those email folks. By the time they see the email, by the time they check the email, by the time they go in and click the link, about 15 minutes, they'll be there on time. With the people at the SMS and the messenger bot, we were sending those earlier, but then those people were coming into the group because they... As soon as they see the notification, they press the button right. and they were getting into the group and saying, hey, nothing's here and leaving. So we send those right at the actual time we start. We do ours at 9 a.m. morning. 9 a.m., we send them right at the time they start and then people will come in and then we can make it happen. And I say one of the other big things that we did is we had to, to put more pieces in place to make sure people showed up every day 
So we implemented something called our uh, MEP awards, right? So instead of MVP, most valuable player, they're our most engaged players. Mm. And what we do is we tell people, show up every day. We encourage them to find accountability partners. So they find people in the group. And we don't run the accountability program. It's just like, hey, you need a partner, find one in the chat. People link up, they connect. Years later, these people are still friends and encourage uh-huh. each other in the business. But they, they link up and connect. We put a post in the group. You need an accountability partner. Drop a comment here and let them know. They do that. And then we we find people and say, every morning when we get on, we say, tag your accountability partners. Let them know that you're on. Oh, that's genius. Every day we're promoting that, hey, our most engaged players are going to win some amazing prizes at the end. Those are the people that show up every day and watch live on replay. Those are the people that do the homework every day. And we give out these digital badges so that when they do their homework, they get to post a badge in the group, which is more social proof, more engagement in the group. And, and it sets the group on fire. Um, those are the people that comment on other people's homework. When other people post and say their homework, that encourage other people and leave comments. So at the end of that week, on the very last day, we also announce a, a MEP winner. And, and we've had MEP winners that had done 1,500, 16, 1,700 comments in a, in a five or seven day span. Wow. So imagine what that did for the engagement for the group. And of course, the group is more engaged. Facebook is showing more people access to the group. And it's just amazing. I mean, doing challenges... Um, you know, we recently had a challenge where literally on one day, you know, we got 26,000 people in the group. 50% of the people in the group were active in the group on that day. That's crazy. And that almost blew me away. But again, it's all of that engagement. It's all of that hype. It's all of that excitement. And as you said, my, my close is simply this. If I got you value over the last five days, you being intentional in your business. What would it look like if you were intentional for the next five weeks? What would it look like if you were just for the next five months? And I really just get them to see through that lens of what it's like to be focused on your business, to have three things I always talk about, mindset, strategy, and execution. To have me pushing the mindset you need to have to be successful in business. To have the strategy. These are the actual steps that I'm training you on every day and for you to actually execute. And when they tie those three together, mindset, strategy, execution, and they actually implement what we're teaching, they will get results every time. And then it's easy because, again, everything leads right up to it. If you love these trainings, this scratching the surface, they're way more inside of the actual membership. If you love these resources, guess what? We got 80 or 90 other resources, just like the ones in your success kit in the membership. And by then it's easy to move them in. It's easy to get them started. Um, and this is my, my last, last tip about it. We had to, we launched Analyze Optimize. Once we got people into the actual membership, it's so much in it. A lot of times they were getting overwhelmed. So I said, hey, I need to do something around a customer journey for them. So we actually started a program we call Launchpad, where for four weeks, we simulate what we did in the challenge, but we just face it out. So instead of one training a day, it's one training per week. All of it is automated. All of it is already in the system. So essentially, you know, we'll tell them, hey, you know, get into Propel. That's the membership site. You know, the doors only open for this long. You got to get in before we close them. We don't let people in until we do the next challenge. And then once they get in, we say, hey, on that next Monday, we're starting Launchpad to actually hold your hand through the process. And then every Monday, they'll say, hey, today's training is this. Here's your badge because they love the badges because they came to the challenge with them. Here's your badge when you complete your homework. Here are the actual steps and things you need to do. And when you're done, let everybody inside the group know that you're done. And we do that for four weeks just to get them started in the program. And it's a great continuation from the actual challenge into the membership. Wow. My head is buzzing right now. I'm like... Oh, I can't wait to like tell everyone about all these <laughs> ideas. And I'm, I'm sure people listening right now, I'm sure you're like, yes. <laughs> um, man, so many awesome things. Um, I want to touch real quick because I know that a lot of your 
challenges revolve around selling. So I thought maybe we could just kind of cap this off with some tips on selling. And it's clear to me that so much of it is about value and that like next logical step. So how do you implement that into just selling? One of the things I always tell my clients is um, the main thing, right? The main thing. Now this doesn't have to have for every single thing, but but the easiest way to do it is just to make sure that you're overcoming that challenge or problem that people have. And how does my service, how does my product overcome that challenge? The other thing I say is that you got to niche down. People are so afraid of, of, of picking a niche or a vertical because they say, well, if, if I niche down this area, I'm losing, you know, all these other people. And guess what? Some of those other people still come when you niche down anyway. But what I found is that the more we niche down, we plant our flag in the sand and say, Hey, this is who we are. This is who we're here for. It's like a magnetic attraction thing. It attracts so many people to us because again, we have to stand out from the fact that everyone is online. Everyone is an expert. Everyone is a business owner now. So the more we can speak directly to a, a specific segment of people and say, we have expertise in this thing and we're here to help you as it relates to A, B, and C, the easier it is for us to draw those people to us. And then last, always say, you know, selling is uh, storytelling. So so what is the story I can tell around how my product or service is actually going to help you overcome that problem and challenge that you have so that you can get to the results that you want to get, you get the transformation that you want to get, and you can get out of the situation that you're in currently? That is amazing advice. Lamar, this has been so freaking awesome. I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, um, I want to know where can people reach out to you, find out more about you, join um, Propel or a challenge you're going to be running? Sure. So the easiest way is uh, follow me on say, first of all, follow me on social media. I'm just at Lamar Tyler everywhere on Instagram, on Twitter, just at L-A-M-A-R-T-Y-L-E-R. And then also you can check out our website, trafficsalesandprofit.com. From there is a link to the Facebook group. It's information about our programs and everything that we do on that side. But the easiest place, like I said, on Instagram and everywhere at Lamar Tyler. Awesome. Cool. My final question is, Lamar, if you could go back in time and tell the you that was back there in that in DC and you were at that that TV station if you could tell him anything at all knowing what you know now what would you tell him and why i would say uh two things number 1 get a coach get a consultant and go to conferences cuz literally that is the shortcut to success like wow. once we once we did that, like once we started coming to, uh, you know, traffic and conversion and, and other events and getting a hold of like information and, and buying resources, it literally catapulted our business because we weren't strong. I told you like the first four or five years we had success, but looking back, it just was way too slow because we literally just went step by step. Oh, we made a mistake. Okay. Here go two more steps. Oh, you know, we went back three steps and there was a lot of this. Now we still ended up where we need to end up, but we would have got there a lot faster. The other thing I would say is we lost or rather left a lot of money on the table with the initial brand that we launched. Mm. And the reason why I say now, whenever I launch a brand, I want some type of product where it has continuity, meaning I can sell it one time and keep getting paid over and over and over again for it. Or I want something that's consumable, right? Or pairs where people use it. And once they use it, it's done, they need to come back to you. The products that we initially sold were one and done. People would, would buy that movie and then guess what? Once they had that movie, the movie was over. And they didn't need to buy another movie. You know, the other movies we made, they didn't tie. Like I talked about one thing leading to the next. Like the first movie, 
it was in the same ballpark, but it wasn't like a natural progression from movie one to movie two to movie three. And what we had to do is every time we sold to market it, we had to go out and find a new audience for that actual product. So like I said, we've been able to shortcut and grow the second brand much faster because we say, hey, we want to sell things where we can not only get a customer, but we can keep a customer. And now we have customers that have been with us from when we first launched in 2015, 2016 to now. And as long as we keep serving those people at the highest level possible, they're not going anywhere. Amazing. Well, you are absolutely like changing lives, changing businesses. And thank you so much. This was so, so incredible. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. And thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. And to you out there listening, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.